Let's go ahead and pick up with uh, Muller and McCabe. All right. Sound good to me? Sound good to you. Sounds it does good sound to good me. to me, yeah. Fucking obviously. <laughs> okay, so in case you don't know this week, Andrew McCabe was fired by Donald Trump, ostensibly, for his lack of candor in congressional uh, testimony. A lot of people are saying that Rob Mueller's place is coming up next. Drew, what are your thoughts? I mean, McCabe, since his firing, has come out and say that He's got information on collusion. He will be testifying Mm -hmm. to the special counsel investigation. In reality, I would perceive this as just another attempt to discredit the special counsel investigation by Robert Mueller. It's all pretty standard defense tactics. Well, it's it's standard obstruction of justice, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, Sessions was the person this had to go through. Mm-hmm. He recused himself from this case in the beginning for a reason. Yep. Yeah. Uh, come to find out, ABC News is reporting today that uh, Andrew McCabe actually initiated a an investigation against Jeff Sessions for his lack of candor in congressional hearings when Democrats said that he had lied about meetings with Russians. So it's interesting that he they specifically brought up a lack of candor in congressional hearings when they got rid of Andrew McCabe. Yeah, I agree 100%. And looking at the trend here, it's not out of the ordinary for somebody in the Trump wing to be accusing somebody of this kind of thing because it's basically like a I'm rubber, you're glue, whatever you say bounces (laughs) off me. (laughs) Because at this point, McCabe may have a reason for suggesting these accusations of Sessions. Yeah, Sessions by... Turning that around on him is completely fabricating, well, there, and we can, all realize that. Can we? Does anybody have any doubt right now that Jeff Sessions knew everything that was going on? I will play devil's advocate here okay. and say I did kind of see a scenario where Sessions wasn't aware of everything. Jeff Sessions was as deep as it was. Jeff Sessions was in the meeting where George Papadopoulos said he had contacts with Putin and could get Putin's help in the election. I agree with Jeff you Sessions. That argued against taking that strategy as a matter of fact yeah and there's a reason he did because he wasn't as deep as the other actors like manafort but even after that is when the is when jeff sessions is accused of meeting with kislyak and other russian figures well i mean at that point you're deep you know (laughs) like this campaign must have been do you think there's any chance that jeff sessions doesn't know and isn't complicit I've been thinking about it a lot. Uh-huh. I can't tell you with 100% certainty because he recused himself Yeah, for a reason. For a reason. Because he lied to congressional, congressional investigators about a meeting with a Russian operative. Yep. And we will never know. Technically, we'll never know what why he stepped out of this. Jeff Sessions, person to keep an eye on, for sure. Yep. Jeff for Sessions, for a person to keep an eye on. Another yeah. person to keep an eye on is Rob Mueller. Now people are saying that the next person in line is Mueller. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Republicans are saying that there's a hard red line that the president shouldn't cross. But what do you think they're really going to do? Well, that's interesting because we had this whole controversy this week of the Democratic representatives in Congress trying mm-hmm. to wrap the whole, like, let's protect Mueller thing into the spending bill. Right. For those of you that don't know... Congress has to pass a bill that will extend America's debt ceiling so the government can continue operating yet again. And for the last six, eight years, it's been used as a way to push a hot button issue. Yeah, just a partisan bargaining chip, basically. But 
the Democrats tried to say, hey, let's protect Mueller from being fired. The Republicans refused to do so, generally under the auspices of, oh, it's not a big deal, man. Trump would never do that. You know, he would, he just wouldn't, we're not worried about it, so we're not going to pass it. Quick aside, since the government has a constitutional responsibility to pay all debts, do you even think that the debt ceiling bills matter? Oh, okay. Since Do you think that that bill is even constitutional? I've been debating with people what the validity of any of this is because <laughs> think about how far back these spending bills have been going. Yeah. It's like I remember the first time I heard about a spending bill that needed to be passed to continue the government operations. I was just like, that seems ridiculous. And then you read into it and you're like, this is ridiculous. We shouldn't be covering this on national news because it's like this kind of shit is so commonplace in today's way of operating things. It's like, let's push... It used to be handled in budgets. Yeah, and now budgets are It used to be they pass a budget important. every year, but now instead of passing a budget, they pass spending bills for individual departments. Yeah. Put out a budget as a general plan for legislation for the year. Yeah, that's a great way to run your government. <laughs> a great way to run any business. Yeah. Kind of have an idea of what your budget is. But, just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get it. It. Yeah. Just give a bunch of money to the guys with guns mm-hmm. and then we'll figure out the rest from there. And the guys with guns will supply us with additional funds. Yes. Yes. I didn't mean that to be so poetic. <laughs> so, I don't apologize though. You don't right. apologize? Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long do you think uh, Mueller has left? How long do you think Mueller has until they fire him. Do you think they're trying to push Mueller to wrap up his investigation by making him think that they may fire him soon? Okay, that's an interesting question. I've been thinking about this a lot as well. I do think that Republicans want Mueller to stop investigating Mm -hmm. Trump. That is clear. But I don't see how they can make that stop without being suspicious. And there are also a lot of Republicans that are that are for Mueller's investigation. Yeah. They want him to conduct this thoroughly and make sure there was no collusion, even though they maintain there wasn't any. But I've seen a lot of reports of people saying, hey, if there's evidence of collusion, if there's something Trump or his campaign did, we're for whatever the results are because Mueller is a stand-up FBI dude. That is the ultimate cop-out, though. If they find evidence of collusion. Mm-hmm. If this. If that. Because they're already coming out and saying that they haven't found any evidence. Well, yeah, especially the Judiciary Committee or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah don't you think that that's just a cop-out at the end of the day? There's not going to be anything solid enough to get most of those people on board? Oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what that's going to lead to is a situation where when Mueller's investigation does turn something up, those same people are going to have to face the fact that they said in public, whatever the investigation concludes, I will abide by. And when that turns up, oh, well, hey, we have all kinds of evidence of collusion in various forms. That's going to be a hard pill to swallow for those people, but they're going to have to do it. Well, speaking of digging stuff up, let's go ahead and move on to, and it's actually part of this overall story, Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica and their data collection over the last few years. Let's go ahead and dig into that. We, I know there's a local connection here with our Senator Tom Tillis yeah. and his relationship with Cambridge Analytica. So Tom Tillis, huge name in North Carolinian politicians. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Many people might know that. Tom Tillis... And his campaign for 2016, even going back several years prior to that, other North Carolina Republicans, uh, specifically Republicans, Mm -hmm. I might add, paid 
an outrageous amount of money <laughs> to Cambridge Analytica to conduct the same kind of stuff that they were doing for the Trump campaign. It's just targeted marketing, so, right? Yes, very specific targeted political marketing against Facebook users, but they completed this by stealing their information now, by people that consented to their what information they, breach. What they claimed at the time was that they developed a sophisticated analytical model that used psychology to help pinpoint people's specific fears is what they had claimed at the time. But it turns out, as you were saying, what they were actually doing was finding people's likes and comments on Facebook and then using that exact information to yeah. create to craft these. Exactly. Yeah. And that is why from, I believe it was 2012 to the election campaign of 2016, North Carolina Republicans mm -hmm. spent $345,000 just to Cambridge Analytica. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's actually uh, digging into that. What they used on that one was the absence of Kay Hagan from the Senate during ISIS's rise. Mm. Uh, the fact that she was actually not present at committee meetings. Mm -hmm. And they were able to use... What they did was they found that people were liking those posts, and they fed that information straight to Tom Tillis. And Tom Tillis used that to create an ad campaign that was able... They claimed a 12% voter swing, or 12% effectiveness on it. Mm -hmm. So... 13 to 15,000 votes, I think is what they said they swung. Yeah, and with their claims on those numbers compared to how many votes Tillis won by? It's about 42,000. It's, it's kind of hard to uh, to separate those. Yeah. So that's definitely going to be something that we're paying attention to in the future. Yeah, and that goes right on board with the uh, before we got, before Facebook sent a silver bullet to kill my computer. We were talking about the hashtag delete Facebook movement mm -hmm. that's caught up in this Cambridge Analytica stuff. Mark Zuckerberg has come out today and said that. Well, first they said, uh, it's not our fault. We didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And now he said that mistakes were made. Yeah. And it's my understanding that Facebook is claiming that Cambridge Analytica and other apps, not just them. Right, right, right. Alone, yeah, yeah. But uh, a lot of apps misused the permissions that were given them by Facebook mm -hmm. and they collected all of this information that technically they were legally entitled to at the onset. However, they didn't delete it. And it's now Facebook's under criticism for not verifying that they had deleted that information or anything. Uh, Facebook actually coming under fire since they have had their IPO and yeah. their like huge blow up in the stock market. Everything's been great. They're a tech giant now. Uh, since all of this news has started coming out, their stock has lost 8% as of closing bell today. That equates to $35 billion in stock worth. Mm -hmm. Pretty big hit. At the end of yesterday, it was $50 billion. So yeah. it's a little better today, but still, it's not looking great for their investors. And when you become a public company like that, you're only looking out for your investors. So I know Mark is kind of sweating that. Doesn't lead to any real change, though. Well, I mean, one of the first press releases he had this year, Mark Zuckerberg, that mm -hmm. is, said he acknowledged they were making mistakes, just as we were just talking about, and they were going to fix Facebook as a political platform, make sure they couldn't be used in the same way. So he was kind of acknowledging interference in that aspect, but I would say we could potentially look at Facebook for some change in the near future. Do you think... This is the beginning of the end. For Facebook? For Facebook. I'm not sure. You know, Facebook has proven itself to MySpace be... MySpace was the new way we communicate. 
That's what I was getting at. <laughs> Facebook has proven itself to be greater than MySpace. Okay. It's outlasted its predecessor there. Um, as a social media platform, Facebook is looking like it's in it for the long haul, and they have invested the dollars to make sure it gets there. Mm-hmm. Do you think? I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like. I feel like Facebook was really good for catching up with people from high school and college mm-hmm. that you hadn't seen in forever. Yeah, and then you found out they were all racist. All racist assholes yeah. that you never wanted to deal with again. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Good times. Man. Hasn't it served its purpose? <sighs> That's now a- people... It feels like now, if you want to take a picture, you go to Instagram. If you want to say something snarky, you go to Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you want to fucking hook up you go to tinder not even snapchat anymore oh that's where you go i guess okay okay okay, so you go drew here we go facebook will last because i had facebook way before any of these other platforms okay as did most people right so i've got facebook memories dating back to like 2007 so 90 percent of the reason i'm on there in the first place is to interact with these people i've known for you know, 11 years at this point and have these memories show up where like, oh, I remember when I was at this barbecue in 2008 and I held a s'more on a stick that looked like a vague penis <laughs> and it was phallic imagery, which was hilarious when I was 17, you know? But what kind of relevance do you think it holds to that point? Do you think oh, it's purely nostalgic. Purely it's like, 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 like logging like logging on to your MySpace to see oh, yeah. who, your, who your top six were? Yeah, dude. We were all pop punk fans in the early 2000s. We remember. Don't you fucking like, lump me into that. Dude, you know, you know that if... Yeah, you look at Chris Wilson when you say those words. Chris behind the production over there knows what I'm talking about. Damn it comes on. We're like, Gross. take your pants off. <laughs> Start crying. Single tear. Dude, you know. Thinking about that girl. Yeah, the yeah, one yeah, that one you bought flowers for that one time. You thought you were Romeo, dude. You were in like a new age adaption of some Shakespearean shit. I'm sorry for saying <laughs> that. I, no, dude. No, keep going. We all lived it. I'm just. I'm not lying to myself anymore. I guess this is my coming no, out. Good. You know, we have to acknowledge that we all went through this. Can we do that? Face. Can we? Can we just have everyone start making pop punk confessionals? <laughs> Please, hashtag can we, can you, hey, yeah, hashtag pop punk confessionals. <laughs> I'll be your priest on that. All right, I don't have the authority to, but I'm doing it. What's the uh, it, it, throw up? Throw up Drew's Twitter handle, Chris. Oh my yeah. god, it's uh. So oh, that's for right. Viewers, my oh, Twitter no. handle is at d r e w underscore Watterson w a t t. E-R-S-O-N. That is my name, Drew Watterson. At Drew Watterson. Yeah. Hit him up. Hey, while we're throwing out hashtags out there, hashtag call it terrorism. If a guy goes around planting a bunch of bombs and then blows himself up in a car, he's a suicide bomber. You should fucking call him that. And you should call him a terrorist because he's a fucking terrorist. If you try to use violence to propose a political cause, you're a terrorist. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what the politics are. You're a terrorist. Hashtag call it terrorism. Sounds that, that's, about white that's about all i think that's about all we have to say on that topic (laughs) right there don't don't blow people up stop being assholes you want to move on to uh speaking of assholes we can talk about jeff sessions today put out the order (laughs) the one to uh kill drug dealers yes 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 we're going full duterte it's official jeff sessions decided to uh 
right? In order to federal prosecutors, they're going to uh, start pushing for the death penalty whenever possible in drug cases. He even encouraged them to find unique ways to push for the death penalty in these cases. Oh. Yes. So if somebody gets killed in any aspect, if your state has that law, then you should push for the death penalty in that case. Hmm. And he's even trying to push within within the order he talked about uh, pushing for legislation to allow the death penalty for high traffickers. Oh. What I wow. think he's what I think he's really pushing for cuz Jeff Sessions is a former prosecutor. He's pushing mm-hmm. for the argument that by selling drugs in a large amount, you are contributing to the opioid epidemic and the deaths caused therein. Mm-hmm. So even if they cannot directly draw a line from a death to you, if somebody has OD'd in your area and you are a drug dealer in that area, then you are therefore responsible for that death, first-degree murder, death penalty. First-degree murder? That's the only way you can get the death penalty. Okay. To me, that seems unconstitutional just because there is that pesky little rule of no cruel and unusual punishment. Well, yeah. The government that seems way cruel for the Supreme Court has already The Supreme Court has already made precedent that you have to kill someone in order to get the death penalty. Right. So I, this is such a stretch to me. And I, I get it. Sessions has been kind of running on this whole all drugs are super bad. If you smoke weed, you should be aborted kind of thing. I think the exact quote was, I used to think those KKK guys were all right until I found out they smoked marijuana. Oh, my God. Did he say that? Yes. Jeff Sessions. Oh, my God. Jeff Sessions <laughs> once said that he How thought the KKK was all right until he found out they smoked marijuana. Please challenge me on that. Please. (laughs) (laughs) And somehow this is our political landscape we're living in. Jeff Sessions thinks the KKK is better than marijuana. I'm sorry I asked. Are you really, though? (laughs) Yes. Are you really, though? (laughs) Going back to uh, last week, I forgot to mention that the the sheriff in question, the sheriff who put the gentleman in jail uh, for exposing his paying for his lawn care with state checks... Mm -hmm. Apparently in Alabama, that's completely illegal. Really? So, a sheriff in Alabama is allowed to take home any excess funds in the prison food fund at the end of the year. He has taken home $750,000. And in fact, recently bought a home worth $740,000. Whoa! Yes, uh, this is totally legal in the state of Alabama. There are no checks to make sure that... Uh, prisoners are being adequately funded or fed. This money is not earmarked in any way. Uh, basically what happens is the sheriff of whatever county is allowed to use the funds at his discretion to feed and house the prisoners and any excess he's allowed to take home. Hmm. And as we all know, that's not por- prone to corruption whatsoever. Porn. <laughs> well, it sounds like the porn plot of an interesting porno corruption scheme. But yeah, dude, I just can't believe... Why? Why is it... Okay, Alabama, that's pretty close to here, so I get why it happens. That is not pretty close to here. It's, I mean... We are you know. closer to New York City than we are to Alabama. Okay, that may be a fact. That is I a fact. I won't challenge Gavin on this. <laughs> that is a fact. But they don't I've, know that. They don't know where we are. I've been to both of those states recently. Uh, yes, But after yes. being to Alabama, what uh-huh. I meant to say was... I kind of get it. Like I get it. It's, it's hot of, and it's, shitty down there. Yeah, dude, I you totally ever, get it. Yeah, been in Alabama in July. Sucks ass. It's a fucking swamp. Yeah, so is your butt. 
That's true, but uh, uh, I'm addressing that right after the show. So, <laughs> <laughs> I use too many uh, too many wet wipes. I guess is the problem. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's move on uh, to a little bit more. Talk about this trade tariffs that are supposed to be taking effect on Friday. Okay. Washington Post reported earlier today that people still don't know if they're going to be exempt from the trade tariffs or not. So if you don't know yet, we're going to be implementing a tariff on imported steel and aluminum. Steel at 25%, aluminum at 10%. This is done under the idea that is a national security issue. However, the top steel importers to America are Canada, Brazil, Mexico, Germany, and oh God, South Korea. Argentina and Australia are also on there. Big, yeah. big, big stuff from the EU as well. South Korea, Brazil, and Korea, or South Korea, Japan, and Brazil, excuse me, have raised the issue that they actually have no idea whether or not they're going to be exempt. Mm-hmm. This has been a problem coming through. It's all supposed to be handled by the U.S. Trade Representative uh, Robert Light- Lighthizer. Sure. <laughs> Who recently told the House and Ways House and Ways and means committee dear god you gave me evan williams earlier to warm up and i'm gonna go ahead and give that back to you now yeah because i don't need that lithizer yeah lithizer he told uh, the house and ways means committee that this will not apply to countries that have begun talks with the u.s south korea argentina australia and the eu brazil may begin soon but see here's the thing about this this tariff right. overall it's my understanding that the itc the international trade commission they don't really approve of this kind no. of like well, we pick who gets what kind of thing, especially when it comes out as such a sweeping tariff like Trump yeah. announced it. Well, and the largest issue it seems to be is that the top steel importers to America, the top places we get our steel from, are strong allies mm-hmm. for our country. And even Brazil, Brazil, not so much maybe, but – what they provide us is a semi-finished type of steel that uses a lot of coal that they import from America to create the semi-finished steel, which is then exported to America where we turn it into finished steel products. Right. And that's looks like it's going to be affected by that as well, which will in turn affect the steel industry. Right. Because that's a raw ingredient for finished steel in America. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are wide-reaching implications of this tariff. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, not only just global business, so, but also especially American manufacturers that specifically deal with these products. Do you think anyone will end up paying the tariff? Oh, I absolutely do. Because if it's one thing that's for sure that's mm-hmm. been made abundantly clear in all of the reporting we've done this year, if Trump wants something ridiculous done, it's going to happen. Do you and think this is reaching that point of ridiculousness at the moment? So he said that they are going to grant waivers until the, until the end of the negotiations, which he expects to be done in the in April. But he hasn't specified what company or what, what countries. countries. He said he just said if they've begun talks already, they're likely to get a waiver until those talks are over. Just as ethereal as everything else he said. Exactly. Yeah, it just means nothing. But here's my question. Is there actual paperwork that they got to put in for that? Oh, dude, there is no way there's paperwork involved. Do you think that Donald Trump 
is going to say on an paperwork. international platform. There has to be paperwork. He you know what? Go ahead and send me that paperwork. I'll. I would love to wake up in the morning and sniff that fresh. But we're stack talking of about papers. we're talking about international trade here. So there has to be some sort of paper trail. And you think that's gone into his consideration? No, no, no. Here's that's what I, that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to reach at here is okay, that lay it on. Do me. you think that this thing passes or this thing goes through? The weekend passes, and we find out that they never actually put in any sort of paperwork to activate the waivers for these countries. And so these countries over the weekend have been paying full 25% steel tax. That would uh, – oh, And up until the beginning of that day. That's totally something that could happen. Do you think? Yep. I would no – I would. Way. You don't think that, so? That no, could – You don't think so? Chris, I, Chris doesn't I, think so. I, I like the, the sentiment. Mm-hmm. But I, I just don't think that there's any way. Okay, you're also referring to a head of state that is so absorbed in his own thing that he went against all of his advisors in the White House and called the despot of Russia, who is suspected of colluding with him and in interfering in the 2016 election, to congratulate him on his victory in his country that has rigged elections and people have video and photographic but, evidence. But of. can you go against your advisor's advice without actually reading their advice to begin with? Because that's what CNN is reporting. Donald Trump not only ignored that makes it, so much more not sense, only ignored actually. it, but didn't even read yeah. it. No, yeah, that actually that, makes way more sense. Yeah, that okay. definitely makes it more plausible. Yeah, yeah. Because if he just doesn't care, which is it seems more likely in the first place. This all happens that way, right? How, it's fucked up that we're even having this conversation to begin with. Like, yeah, so that's sorry. why we started doing the show. <laughs> just, well, we gotta get this down on record. No, yeah, <laughs> fuck this guy. It, it, it just, I don't know. I guess my opinion on it is it's just so fucking like reality breaking that it's hard to, to process that, that that's even like a realistic possibility. Like, on a bare minimum level. The system has to be able to support itself enough to at least get paperwork signed, right? Dude, exact. This is season two of The Federal Apprentice. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody's fired by this point. There's already been a victor. It's clearly uh, Betsy DeVos because she's one of the only ones that's lasted and she hasn't caught any heat by Trump yet. But, like, we are entering this phase where... Everything is so out of proportion. It is a literal reality show. It's like you said. It's everything. Our perspective of politics has changed, which is why me and Gavin decided that we had to do this ridiculous-ass podcast so that we could just talk about our frustrations with the bullshit that the American federal government does to us every day. Trying to find... Donald Trump does at least three things that are super embarrassing to America as a whole before he eats breakfast in the morning. <laughs> You're talking about implementing stuff that's not getting signed. That's like fucking next level fuckery. Yeah, dude! No, no, no. The sign... The, the order for the tariff has been signed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the waiver. It's the tariff waiver. That I'm wondering if they actually are and making paperwork. Keep for. in mind that he has no problem getting anything like. signed because if he's backing an agenda, Congress is gonna get that through because he Republicans control the House and the Senate. Yeah. So it's no problem for him to get whatever through. It's gonna be delayed, 
however Democrats can delay it, but it's still like if he wants some ridiculous whim of his to become law, it's going to happen because this is bizarro. Well, land. we've given the the thing is we've given the executive branch large uh, swaths. Well, they're they're able to decide what how they want to enforce the laws, and they're given a, the ability to do that. No one ever really thought what would happen if somebody came in and was insane. Yeah. What exactly. happens if someone's entire goal is to bring down the entire thing? Yeah, and I mean, a perfect example of that is like the nuclear button. Yeah, uh, the football. When that device and that protocol was created, it was designed so that the President of the United States could pick up a phone, order nuclear weapons to be launched, and then military operators would simultaneously operate that nuclear weapon and they put it into action. One uh, time, I think, there was a lawsuit brought against the military against this just to question, like, hey, what if the president was insane? And nobody could give him an answer because it yeah. was never thought of. And we well, need to be thinking about that. The hope is that you don't have partisan hacks at every level around him enabling him to make these decisions. And at the end of the day, someone's going to be able to, someone's going to step in and defy the president in defense of the nation. Which is what they're supposed... They don't... No one in the White House is supposed to be sworn to allegiance to Donald Trump. Right. They're supposed to be sworn to allegiance to the Constitution. Yeah. And that's their number one goal. Not to protect Trump, but to protect the nation. And that's supposed to be what saves us, but who knows right now? I don't know. All I know is that we are getting pretty close to the end of our episode today. (laughs) That's true. We are getting a little close uh, when it comes to the timing here. And I know, Drew, you got to turn into a pumpkin fairly early. Oh, yeah, so, dude. 11.30, I'm orange and brown. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I weigh 20 pounds. All right. So we'll go ahead and get to our bia of the week, going out to Republican candidate for a Kentucky State Senate, Carl Nett. And this story's coming to you from the Courier-Journal out of uh, Louisville. Representative John Yarmuth was wearing a pin that he got from the NRA. This pin was an F because he had an F rating from the NRA. <laughs> Mr. Nett tweeted that the representative should move the pin to the center because he's trained to hit center mass. Uh, he's been visited by the Capitol Police uh, and he's refusing to pull out of the race. Uh, but yeah, man. Yeah. Great job. <sighs> Fucked your entire Holy life up. Sh- Dude, uh, Wow. He said that in a public he, he said that on the internet. Yikes. He said it falls under free speech, which it does. Threatening violence. It's pretty clear. It's not really a threat. It is a threat. That's where we'll get off. Eh. Uh, oh, so, a little backstory on Mr. Nett, though. He is a former Secret Service agent who worked under uh, Barack Obama. He claimed to have protected Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, John Edwards, Joe Biden... And Bill Clinton, he said, I didn't vote for any of them, but I would have died for any of them. However, the Courier-Journal found a tweet from 2016 where he said that he only protected Obama a few times and, quote, then bailed because I'm not a bullet sponge for just anybody. Oh! So, Carl Nett, former Secret Service agent, all-around great guy. I'm Clank Base. I'm Gavin? I don't... Okay, bye, I guess.